0: And we are live. We are here with Jordan Stitch. What's happening, man? What's up? Not much. Oh yeah. What's been going on?
1: I hadn't seen you in like what three years, two years? Yeah, last time I saw you, you came to a show at uh Live Oaks in Monroe. And that was the first time I'd seen you, yeah. Years. Yeah. And probably years
0: before that too.
1: Like I think you were probably
0: still in school the last time I seen you before then.
1: Wow. Yeah, probably
0: the uh mount olive days of playing blue monday in a sanctuary that's
1: right <laughs> <laughs> yeah early 2000s mhm nothing like a little
0: orgy in a church sanctuary
1: yeah you still jamming uh yeah i um i, I play bass mostly um but uh i haven't played I, i've been in a band but we haven't played since covid happened we I haven't seen those guys so I haven't I haven't played with anybody in since early March. So no
0: like emails or tracks to practice over and go over nothing.
1: Nope. I, I've only I, I've only kept in touch with one of the guys. The other ones just kind of disappeared. Uh. So you think it's over? Or are you gonna get back in the saddle. Not, uh. None of us were the only one that I kept in touch with. He was the only one I was friends with outside of the band. The other guys. And as weird as it's gonna sound, the drummer—I'm not even sure. I—I was always not sure if I knew his name.
2: <laughs> drummer boy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I knew it was like Clayton or or something like that. And I, I think that is his name. But it was kind of a joke between me and one of the other guys. I like, is his name Clayton? Is that it? I—I don't, I don't quite. I don't remember. <laughs> So you're playing
0: bass, still doing that. So he's learning a new technique?
1: Uh, yeah. Um so most of the time I've been playing bass and, and just music in general, I've mostly been playing uh more rock based music, so punk metal. Um I listen to a lot of ska, so I tried to do some reggae lines. So there's like some walking bass lines that I've learned, but mostly I played with a pick and just kind of a fast aggressive style. Um, but a few years ago, I started listening to more EDM, and funk, and, like, disco-inspired music, and, uh, and anyway, I was, like, I kept obsessing over these bass lines, and I was like, I need to learn these. I'm I'm a pretty decent bass player, and this is a completely different style of music that I just, I have no training in, no experience at all, and so I... I put, down, I put down my pick and I started using my fingers more and I started trying to learn that pop slap style. And so, I don't know. It's It's been an interesting experience, especially since we have so much extra time inside with COVID. Like People aren't, I mean, some people are still going out and hanging out and doing the social thing, but I've mostly been staying inside. And so it's given me something to do. I learn a new got, skill. Why not? Yeah, that's right. And I've got, I mean, I've gotten a lot better, so
0: I've been doing the same thing. I've been uh trying to learn French during COVID. Why not? <laughs> you know.
1: Oh well, that's neat. Um, Brian, he's learning French,
0: so that's pretty cool. Yeah, he's the one that kind of got me into doing it because I started off wanting to learn Mandarin, and I started hmm. looking it up, and then I discovered there's like over three thousand characters in Mandarin. I'm like, mm, try something else because this ain't gonna work. Right. <laughs> I was like, French. That's cool. You know, that'll make some panties drop. Why not?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So has it worked? <laughs> Have panties dropped? Work? Yeah. I mean, why not? <laughs> Learn something. Yeah. Well, it's kind of weird that you're going down this funk road because I've been doing that with drums. You know, I've been into rock and metal drums for a long time, but I've been catching myself watching like uh, reggae videos and uh, like funk videos and trying to get that down. And I think the last time we were here doing this podcast with Drew, oh, we're we're at Drew's place, by the way so props to him for letting us use the space. Yeah, thanks, Drew. No problem, but uh no he asked me he's like uh what would you think is the hardest drum style and before he finished the sentence I'm like latin. Hands down <laughs> latin. And I showed him some latin drums. I'm like god, I wish I could do that. They're just octopuses or octopies or whatever it is. So the <laughs> you're you got an English major, right? What is it?
1: So uh the reason people say um the plural for octopus is octopi is i think because of their knowledge of cactus and cacti um being the plural form but the thing is the word cactus is uh latin in origin and so they pluralized with that the cacti the i um octopus is greek in origin and so octopodes or octopuses podes octopodes
0: could that be uh, southernized into pods,
1: octopods maybe. <laughs> Get them octopods. <laughs> yeah, Which English, it's English?
0: A- it's a mixture of. Well, I'm learning French. So I learned how the whole uh, Anglo-Saxon thing came in. it. it's a sure. uh, English is part romantic, part Germanic.
1: Yeah, I, I think it has most of its origin in Germanic. That's the short term. That's why we have such short words. Right. Yeah.
2: Yep.
0: Okay. So internet was right for once. <laughs> <clears throat> and. <clears throat> What was it? The A-B-L-E words in French are all shared in English. There was like over 2,000 words that if you speak English, you know about 2,000 words in French. Any A-B-L table, capable,
1: stuff like that. It's interesting. Well, I mean, we've been associated with the French for so long, and um, I mean, I think the the Anglo-Saxon people, like you were saying, that that was, what, northern France and Mm -hmm. northwestern Germany, Denmark, yeah.
2: Mhm.
1: Yeah. I've been reading a lot about the um Anglo-Saxon peoples uh going in um ramp Yes, uh, mm-hmm. and like the Norman invasion of 1066. I've I've been I've been kind of picking through that and uh, the um Eastern Roman Empire, the Byzantine Empire. I've been reading a bit about both of those. Uh Eras, I mean, with the empire, it's like a, I mean, it's an empire. <laughs> like, I mean, they were <laughs> they do so what years. empires do. Um, it's just it's interesting with the Romans, at least, that a lot of people think of the fall of Rome being when Western Roman Empire fell. So, uh, I don't every, think
0: it fell. I think it just moved.
1: It did. It yeah. did once. Um, what was his name? Uh, Constantine or whatever. Yeah. He he moved the um, Roman capital from Rome to Constantinople because they were at war with Persia at the time. And that was like a, a good defensive place. I mean, it's surrounded by um, a sea to the north, a sea to the south, and then the rest of the Roman Empire to the west. Um, anyway, um, once that happened, yeah. I mean, it basically became its own... Different kingdom, and, and that, that survived until the 1500s.
0: It's crazy how connected we really all are because of the uh, I'd say, I mean, Ward kind of brought us all together and shared yeah. like, what are the all the romantic languages Italian, Spanish, French? Uh,
1: I mean, I'm sure there's other others, uh, but others that aren't, yeah, they're
0: all derived from Latin, and it's these conquest that intertwined them all together.
2: Yep. We can't come together
1: after war. We can. Well, we were
0: this is uh, our third attempt at this podcast.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) We have been trying and trying. First time was Hurricane Delta, right?
1: Yeah, I believe so. That
0: threw us all off. That killed power at your house and you didn't have your I cell phone wasn't charged
1: that's and... right until about <clears throat> nine o'clock eight thirty or nine o'clock saturday night i was without power and like I, i'd already been i mean there wasn't anything to do i went to sleep <laughs> <laughs>
0: well i called i promise and then last last weekend
1: we had a, a plague
0: scare drew's yeah. wife possibly maybe you've had it but everything's good yeah she- So we're all we good. Got, we all got tested. We're good. So round three, you ready? <laughs> yep. All right. <laughs> Philosophy versus religion versus science. I guess, first of all, do you think there's a, de- uh, not even a debate, just the conversation there? You think they're mutually exclusive, contradictive, um, line? Uh,
1: what do you think um, about those three topics? I mean, it's all of the above. <clears throat> science was originally called natural philosophy and i mean philosophy and religion i would argue they've been together since the beginning but i would um, agree that they're two sides of the same coin absolutely Absolutely. um it's just what i would say that religion has more of a culture to it where philosophy
0: i don't know there's philosophers in rome they were rock stars you know
1: absolutely i mean it it was more common it seemed back then to have your philosophers be these um kind of pillars of a society mm-hmm. i mean you go back and you look at socrates they killed him because he was changing things because people were becoming more uh, i mean woke as they say today the enlightenment pretty much absolutely yeah. and then plato i mean he became a I wouldn't. I don't know that I call him a politician. They tried out his plan of society for a while, and they they rejected it. But
0: I mean, in Galileo, they confined him to house arrest for the remainder of his life because of his discoveries.
1: Yeah, because of something that ended up being proven. true. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you think he really said that when he walked away?
1: Say that again. I'm sorry.
0: Do you think he really said what they quoted him saying as he walked away? Oh, what was it? And yet it does we were talking and yet about this
1: <laughs> that well, I mean it and it was
0: well it, the story is he was forced to recant that uh we weren't revolving around the sun, and since that was in contrast with religion, he was confined to essentially house arrest for the rest of his life for the rest of right? his life, and they made him recant it publicly, but supposedly as he was walking away, he says, and yet it does. As in y'all
1: could say what the hell y'all want, but that's what it is. Well, um, about thirteen years before he made that discovery, there was a uh Catholic monk. Um, I can't remember his first name, but his last name's Bruno. And or I don't know if it's a last name, but I, I would assume that's what it is. Um he, he was kind of on the same path where he was discovering that it wasn't a geocentric universe. The earth or existence didn't revolve around the earth earth in fact was actually pretty insignificant and um well on a universal scale and uh anyway he was saying that space there's these things that we see in the night sky these stars there some of them are actually other planets and some of those stars have many planets going around them and uh yeah they burnt him at the stake (laughs) So, yeah, that was a weird time where religion and philosophy, they, you know, obviously clashed. Yeah,
0: similar, you get clashed.
1: Because I, w- I would consider religion to be a philosophy. Absolutely. And it's definitely full of philosophy. You find philosophy in religion. But also, you find a lot of history in religion and a lot of um, dogma and ritual. I mean, depending on what religion you're talking about. Oh, definitely dogma. But
0: so the clash between philosophy, well, first of all, do you have any background in like a philosophy course or?
1: Oh yeah, um, I have a minor degree in philosophy oh, yeah, nice when you when you're an English major, you have to have a a uh, secondary study, and I picked philosophy. A professor came to u a m that like I was getting into philosophy at the time. my friend Brian was getting into philosophy at the time, and then this professor, like a ray of sunshine falling on this dismal, bleak earth, a philosophy professor came to the college I went to. And, um, like I worshiped this guy. And I mean, he was a rock star, still is from what I can tell at UAM. But, um, then we ended up hating each other. <laughs> it's so it's so strange.
0: Two minds clashing.
1: Yep, two minds clashing. And, it was religion over philosophy oddly enough wow <laughs> ironically enough but um but yeah so i do have a background in philosophy i have i don't I don't quite know how to how to say this but i've studied philosophy a lot and i've pondered philosophy much more um but i, I haven't kept up with all the different like current theories or what have you um i mean what i have is effectively a minor degree in philosophy so
0: what's your uh background in religion i was
1: raised uh southern baptist same um, <laughs> yep and uh but my father was raised irish catholic Ooh. he grew up in chicago and that's I mean, a clash yeah it was a clash um and it definitely caused a tear between uh him and his his mother at least, who I've seen pictures of her in a habit. She almost became a nun, my paternal grand grandmother. Um
0: Well we're all glad she didn't.
1: Yeah, well <laughs> I certainly am. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: but um but yeah, um so I do have a little bit of Catholicism in my background, but I wasn't Catholic myself, and then yeah, I grew up in a a Southern Baptist church, and I think that's appropriate to say I grew up in it. I was very much a part of that church. Um, but yeah, no more, no more. So you don't don't believe it anymore. Uh, yeah, I I would personally describe myself as an atheist, but I think some atheists would describe me as an agnostic. Um, so I don't know. I guess. Somebody else's somebody else's perception of me I guess is gonna to have to be the Well those wishy washy agnostics. Oh yeah. Or like, you
0: know Well here's the thing. In the podcast I done with Matt, which is gonna come out in two weeks, he asked me what was the difference and I told him like, you know, Gnosticism, and I'm sure you already know this, is a question of knowledge. Right. Do you know a God exists? Do you not know? And theism is a question of belief. Do you believe a God exists or do you not believe so, I would be a textbook agnostic atheist. I don't know, and I don't believe. So, the ones that are just out there saying agnostic, they're not hip to the cool people, you know? Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> no, I ain't gonna be an ass like that, but... Oh. Yeah, agnostic
0: answers half
1: the question. Right. And, and, I mean, and that's the only part of the question we can answer right now.
0: Well, no, we can
1: answer an atheist question, because that has to do with your opinion, your belief. Well, I, I guess I meant more, like we don't know if there's an afterlife until we die. Yeah, that would be the agnostic part. Right. So I I guess I'm just saying like that's why I think some people may would consider me agnostic and, and I mean and by definition, I guess it would describe me because I I don't know. I We all
0: are don't. agnostic unless somebody is squatting on the greatest scientific discovery of mankind out sure, there. Absolutely. I think it's a safe bet. To say that we're all agnostic
1: yeah yeah absolutely uh
0: how old were you when you made that decision
1: uh it started when i was 20
0: oh you were a late bloomer then that's interesting
1: i clutched to the teeth of christianity for a very long time it was one that i didn't want to give up and in fact when i did i suffered uh i guess what the psychological term would be like an ego death. I, I was very unsure of who I was, uh, very directionless at the time, um, naturally, yeah. yeah. And I, I suffered some like manic issues because my brain was just firing off. Like I would come to this realization, and then like the direction would just fragment. There's just like, oh, but what about this, 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 and this, or like it answers this question, but it raises this one. And um anyway, my, my mom who her background is in psychology, I mean she was like, Jordan, you're you're manic. You need to stop asking yourself these questions. But she had ulterior motives. She's very much a religious person. So she just <laughs> she knew I was heading down the road to atheism and wanted to stop that. So
0: was there a particular argument that changed your mind or was it an accumulation of
1: a lot? so what I was trying to do was um I was trying to become a theologist i guess in a way um or uh, well in practice not not not, not a that, professional just right yeah you know. okay. um but uh basically, I was trying to fit in all that I was learning about philosophy into my religious beliefs at the time. Um, I've always questioned things. I've always had a skeptic mind. Um, Like, I remember being in RAs or youth or something. I I was pretty young, 11, 12, 13. And I asked the youth pastor, if God knows everything we're going to do, how do we have free will? Amen.
0: Ironically.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and um, he, oh yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. um, He couldn't answer the question. He said it's faith. And I, in my kid brain, I said, that's not enough. And so I pondered that question for a very long time. And when I finally came to some kind of answer, I'd already started shedding myself of religion. Um, and which was, uh, I was reading the Christian philosopher Saint Anselm of Canterbury, and he said that God must be a God is always in the present tense. God doesn't have a past. God doesn't have a future. God just is. We do have a past. We do have a future, but God is still in our past, and God is is also already in our futures. So that's how God would um be able to see the things we've done, see the things we do, see the things we will do. But we still have the free will to make those choices. Does that make sense? No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. He's not in the future, but he knows the future. Something like that. Yeah. Like God God exists beyond time. Yeah. Cuz God God would have created time. Um, but anyway, St. Anselm kind of led me to that conclusion, but at the time I was already giving up the ghost.
0: Nice. <laughs> nice drop. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, so I started it when I was probably 20 and I mean, you know, the philo- personal philosophy is a lifelong journey, I guess. Well, I mean.
0: Your leaving was a lot more romantic than mine. I was saved at seven, and by ten I called bullshit. And the thing that made me call bullshit was uh, the description of heaven: streets of gold, pearly gates, mansions,
1: materialism.
0: Material, exactly. I'm like, why? Do we need? Is there trees up there? Are there pearls? Are there clams up there? So there's an ocean up there, is, <laughs> you know, right? which I guess is kind of deep for a ten-year-old, but it ain't nowhere near having a free will debate in my head at ten. So it was a little not as poetic as that, but that's what that was my first what the hell moment was
1: the description of heaven. Absolutely, yeah. Um,
0: which I completely bypassed the arc, <laughs> I don't know how but <laughs>
1: that eluded me. That's the,
0: that's legit, <laughs> but mansions, I don't know about all that now,
1: yeah. Well, you can definitely see that that, um, that. Idealization of materialism. I mean, it's present in it's present in um these church leaders that you find, especially in churches like um these super churches. Joel Osteen. I mean, there's those there's those pictures of his residence. Where, I mean, it, it's a goddamn mansion. I mean, like a proper mansion. that it, it has, like, the pool house is bigger than my house. And he has a courtyard. And I'm like, why do you need these things? Well, I mean... God bless me with these. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, like, have you ever heard of the Apostle David Taylor? A self-appointed apostle? I mean, yeah, it's it's what they call him. He runs a ministry... Where he promises to defeat cancer by praying on people, and uh, he's one of those guys that throws like. Are you saying praying like put your hands together praying or praying like pouncing
0: praying? Oh well, predator I mean, praying. Yeah,
1: both. Well, oh, <laughs> Absolutely. <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these people go to his events and just hurl money at this dude because he. He promises that he can get rid of their cancer through God. Yeah, and that he gets these people out of their wheelchairs and off these crutches. I mean, the videos of him on YouTube are just him, like with like full armfuls of crutches just hurling, him. So and says God says you don't need these anymore. And so now
0: walk this way.
1: Well, there's an audit of him. Uh, it's on YouTube. the The full thing is there, and um. Where basically he's being questioned about all the shady stuff he's purchased. They're like, "Oh, you have this three million dollar home and like I mean he used donated money to to purchase it. He's like, Well, it's not my home, it's a parsonage well, saying- or or a, a, he called it a residential center oh. where they have parties and stuff, and you know they're he was always talking about their um exclusive clientele or whatever but anyway I mean I mean he, he's still out there right now
0: uh, it's just like who was it Kent Hoven he just got out of prison a few years ago for
1: tax evasion on all that
0: Jesus money
1: yeah, well they think that taxes are I mean like they're exempt from them they're exempt, I mean, yeah, they're, they're here for God self-appointed here for God but yeah. And it's just and even that is pretty disenchanting with religion it's that it is it's I mean for you it's, it's how materialistic it is I mean Catholic monks are supposed to live these lives of poverty but in um Jeffrey Chaucer's Canterbury Tales, every single person that was a member of the clergy aside from one was corrupt in to some degree they were vain they liked a hobby over their, you know, their their job. Uh, like, th- there was one that was a hunter. He loved hunting, and he was covered in pelts. Well, that's not a sin in itself. He's a monk. He's supposed to be concerned with getting closer to God and help having people come closer to God. He wasn't concerned with that at all. And then there was the partner who he would have people pay him just giant amounts of money, so he could excuse them of whatever sin. Oh, you're forgiven if you give me the right amount of money. And, uh, anyway, I forgot where I was going with that. But. <laughs> Sounds like you just
0: described the Vatican City.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I would love to know what information they're squatting on over there. I bet yeah. they have so much world history I'm
1: sure there that we don't have access
0: to or even know exist.
1: Yeah, well, we, we do know that they have that, um... Forbidden text library. And I'm very interested in that. Because I mean. Like. Although I don't believe in the supernatural. In any. Real sense. Um, like not
0: even ghosts or.
1: I could have a conversation about ghosts.
0: Um, I got one coming up. Probably next weekend. Oh. Well. Actually I tried to get uh Our friend that we were talking about. I was trying to get his mother to do it. But. Things didn't work out. Well, she. I mean, that's (laughs) what what I I hear. I (laughs) know I met the woman probably twice, but I've probably heard about her a thousand times. Yeah, I absolutely love to, but it didn't all happen.
1: Well, sadly, that is sad.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, we're talking about the vanity of the church, but here in the last five years, maybe there has been this new narrative of people saying. It's not a religion, it's a relationship with God. Do you or Jesus? Do you, are you buying that?
1: Well um, in terms of psychology, I would say they definitely get some kind of benefit for believing that. Um, there's a there's a concept. And I mean it does have some scientific backing. Um, have you ever heard of tulpas? No. So a tulpa is kind of like a a personal deification of something you can so in in the study and I don't remember all that much about it but um like who did it or what but I think I think what he did was he created this god and he knew he created it I mean he consciously created a I think it was a fox this fox god and he prayed to it he thought about it um I think before he ate dinner he would like give thanks to it and he knew that he made this thing, but after months of doing this, he did start to believe in it. If there was something ha- coming up that he was nervous about, he would pray to this fox deity he created and feel better about it and if he if you know he got through it and succeeded, then he like felt that it was helpful that fox God was helpful to him. so he knew that this thing was not real, but he felt the positive benefits from it. People do that all the time with Christianity. You know, they say it's, it's about Your own their own personal lives. Jesus. Yeah, their own personal, yeah, brand of Christianity. Um, Because people are going to give thanks to this thing, but what about when something goes wrong? Well, they say it's part of his plan. His will,
0: his plan, yes.
1: Um, and I just, I think that's a cop-out.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you you into uh, comedy at all?
1: Uh, sure. You
0: know, George Carlin? Absolutely. Heard his bit about that whole shit? Um, I mean, I'm sure I have. About <laughs> prayer and, you know, what's the point of being all powerful and money if uh, a person with a $2 prayer book can come back and just fuck up your plan? Oh, sure. So, what's the point of praying? It's either gonna be his will or not anyway, so there's yeah. no point in praying to kind of put a nail in coffin in prayer. Yeah.
1: I mean, he was, George Collin was pretty genius about his critique of believing in a God of any kind, one that cares, at least.
0: I love his style of, he didn't just present the problem, he also presented an alternative sure. to the problem, which you don't see this days, Even in, like, music, for example, you get some political punk band or rock band, and they're just going to... Whine and cry about the system, but give no alternative or something like that. And I think we should start doing that as musicians to start writing about what could be instead of what is.
2: Hmm.
1: So kind of a um, let's let's create this utopia, this this or utopic idea, and kind of strive for that. Kind of try to get. Don't don't worry so much about the problem. Worry about the solution.
0: Hey, the solution, yes. Yeah. Because oh, we're like all that. aware of the solution. I mean, we don't need you know system up and down to get up there and tell us that the system sucks. We're <laughs> yeah, we're pretty we aware.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um forgot who said it. was a quote, uh, complaining without an alternative is just bitching.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it is. I was listening to uh the uh Joe Rogan and Ben Shapiro podcast um that happened two, three months ago. And and I thought that was a pretty decent Royal Rumble, right? Like he got this guy kind of more liberal, this guy much more conservative. And um, they were constantly just bouncing off of each other. Like, well, this is the problem. It, it is a problem. They agreed a lot on these are the issues. And then it was like, but what's the solution? And I mean, they always do, had do, like, do, oh, do, well, here, here's do. the answer to the question, but how do you get to that answer? And so that's sometimes the the issue. We know it needs to get better. But what are, what's the proper avenue of that? And that's where people start to disagree. Absolutely. I mean, even even within religion, you find... I mean, think about all the different denominations of Christianity. 30,000. 30, 30,000? 30,000, according to an Oxford study. That's fucking nuts. But you see that. I mean, I grew up in that Southern Baptist atmosphere. And I, every summer, I would... Most summers, I would go to a a camp in northern Arkansas, and we were all well, you know, I don't know if it was just like a Baptist camp, but I thought I always assumed it was mostly just Southern Baptist people at this or churches at this camp and um you know some people would raise their hands. I was never in that The church I went to never did that, so in language, they would call that like a dialect or a pigeon. And I wonder if it's enough from that Oxford study to say, oh, well, that's a different brand of Southern Baptism. That's whatever. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, Penn Jillette, the, uh the yeah. magician. Absolutely. Have you ever followed any of his? He's an outspoken atheist. Have you ever listened to any of his stuff?
1: Um, I mean, you know, like the times where I've where I would like watch one of their specials or watch an episode of bullshit or something. I'd be like, oh, well, they're awesome. I'm going to read about them for a while. So, yeah, I mean, I've come across things that he said, but I've never been like a scholar of Penn and Teller.
0: Well, he says one thing.
1: It's, uh, he says, uh,
0: you show me 10 Christians, I'll show you 10 Christianities. Oh, sure. Because, yeah. you know, obviously no two religions agree, but also no two denominations agree, no two churches agree, no two pews agree no two people agree and no one person has ever really been consistent yeah so when somebody's pitching me jeez i don't know what you're talking about yeah you have your version you have your version like what are we talking about here
1: yeah and i mean and you it, it it's pretty interesting because when i dated a um a girl when i was late teens early 20s um her dad was I mean, I would call him a zealot. He was very much a like By the book. By the by his version of the book. Oh yeah. It's
0: good good add-on there.
1: Yeah. Non-denominational, experimental, creepy Christianity. And so like I grew up in this like very conservative Southern Baptist atmosphere. I started dating this girl and sorry. Right. You can edit that out. Go for it. <laughs> No edits on here. <laughs> Let's all jump in. Get ready. Um so um anyway, I was dating this girl and I would go to church with her. I mean, she was always having to be at church, so I went too. And that was also kind of when I started seeing oh well this is so vastly different <laughs> from what I grew up in. It's supposed to be the same religion. And anyway. That, that's that's tied from the point. But I um sorry. I gotta I gotta get back into it now. Drew. Or whose phone was that? Oh, sorry. Oh my, my flashlight's <laughs> still off <laughs> <laughs> Um Go to lie Alright, what was that saying?
0: You were um, at his your girlfriend's church and they were
1: vastly different oh, than what yes. you believe. So I, he so her dad or well, he adopted her. Um I mean, her dad, he uh, was always, like, every weekend going to these different churches. And, um, and I just, it opened my eyes. Like, I would meet these people. Like, I remember this one church. It was, it was in, um, it, it was, like, on the way to Ruston. Like, you leave through, uh, West Monroe and you're heading towards Ruston. There was this church, like, kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And, um, and this is like northern northeastern louisiana for people who are <laughs> who don't know what we're talking about
0: down the road take a lift at the tree that's over right. by a swamp <laughs> yeah i know
1: where you're under yet yeah, yeah it's, nor- <laughs> it's northern louisiana okay so um so anyway so we, we get to this church and like this guy comes out and he's like tiny and there's all these really nice smiling people and it's a beautiful day and i meet this guy and he's like oh it's, it's wonderful to meet your son and I, he was just so friendly and welcoming. And I get in here, and I'm like, oh, well, this is a nice little church. And uh seems like a pretty positive, strong community or whatever. And um, church starts, well, first of all, it lasted for, like, four hours. <laughs> and it was mostly music. But, um, so, you know, like, if the the service started, and... The guy's like, oh well, welcome everybody to Glory Sunday morning. We're gonna start with a little prayer. And he said a, kind of a long prayer, and and then he um he said, Well let's get started on this song. Well, that's when some I got some insight or something. It was I mean, chaos ensued. <laughs> like the song starts up and these people start screeching and in like speaking tongues and running around the church this one giant lady like i'm a big old dude this lady was bigger than me and she was running around the sanctuary with these streamers in her hand and just like screaming and i, I mean
0: thank you for the picture
1: It it was i mean it was amazing and it was glorious to behold this but like not in the way they intended but they were speaking in tongues and writhing on the floors. And I mean, it was frightening. <laughs> and I was like, I, these people seem nice and sane a minute ago. They're not now. <laughs> and then that, that, that preacher guy that I was talking to, like in the middle of this one song, like I was just watching this I mean, I don't even know what to call it. Just this writhing mass of people. Sure, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it was very similar to a mosh pit. Church mosh pit. Yeah, or like a zombie movie or something. But all of a sudden, I just hear this this noise. And I turn, and it's that preacher guy that like like introduced himself to me at the door and welcomed me in. And he was blowing this massive conch shell. Massive. And I, I was just like... Speaking I, of Saxton's. Yeah. <laughs> but I was just wondering, them. like, how do these people believe in this? Because, like, I grew up believing in Jesus pretty hard. Like, why doesn't that kind of stuff happen to the people I go to church with? Does God not love them as much? Does, You know what I mean? And so I was like, this this has to be... To use Joe Biden's word, malarkey. Like it just must be. I don't know. So that was like a
0: big question of, this is so different yet we're supposed to be on the same path. But yeah. yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, it's like we're the same thing. Like, like my grandmother, who was almost a nun. I mean, she was devout as fuck. But I never saw her writhing around on the ground because the holy, Sp- because the holy spirit touched her. The Catholic Church is pretty boring. Yeah. I mean, it's... I'll say uh, to the... uh Yeah. You can just sit there and listen. Take it. Watch the show. Yeah. Well, it was definitely a show at this church I went to with my ex-girlfriend. But, anyway.
0: But then you can, like, contrib- attribute that to, like, the rest of the world of so many cultures and so many actual different religions. and Yeah you can apply the same thing. As Absolutely. Like, you know, the biggest religion in the world is, uh, Hinduism. Uh, or is, is one billion
1: Indians? Like,
0: they're going to hell now because they don't do exactly what we do?
1: Yeah. Or are we going to hell because we don't do what they do? Or...
0: Yeah, vice versa. Or who's right? We're both wrong. What's going on?
1: Yeah, and then it's like, we know so much about, I mean, well, we know, we know so little about space and the universe, but... We know so much more. Yeah, than now, than, yeah. yeah, than we did back when these religions were forming. And it just seems wrong to assume that this one tiny planet, among the billions we're aware of, this one's important? The life here is more important? Like, how did Jesus save the souls of some people? You know, people, not humans, obviously, but some other advanced civilized race on some other planet in some different galaxy. Like, God, Jesus doesn't mean anything to them. Right. Krishna means but, nothing to them. Buddha, who was he?
0: I mean, to narrow it down even more, it's not even all of us. It's just these tri- uh, Jewish tribes in ancient Palestine that, you know, mattered the most that I think it was, uh, who was it, Christopher Hitchens made that point. Like, if you actually believe this, and you have to believe for a hundred and ninety something thousand years, God set up there was arms crossed waiting. And then when this certain tribe of Jews popped up in ancient Palestine, he's like, okay, now's revelation. So what about everybody before then? Yeah. I oh, got 190,000 years of people dying in vain pretty much without revelation.
1: Yeah. And I mean,
0: and that still continues today of, uh, on the podcast I was talking to Matt about, we was talking about uh, his leaving religion story. And I was telling him uh, while I was studying French, you know, I was going to do Mandarin at first. So one of the first YouTubers I found on Mandarin was this guy named, uh, I can never say it, Zalma, white dude. Uh, he done a video on the 10 hardest relig- uh, religions, 10 hardest languages in the world to him. And number two was this tribe on the Amazon, and the story is, I, uh, what do you call them? The people that go and try and convert ministry, or not a ministry, a uh, missionaries, missionary. A Christian missionary went to this tribe trying to teach, uh, tell them about Jesus, and he was there for ten years, and he discovered they have no concept concept of abstract thought. They cannot conceive that. If it's not in their vision, it doesn't exist. They have no color system, no numerical system. They have uh, when people actually leave their sight, they don't exist to mm-hmm. them. And uh, this guy ended up becoming an atheist over this. You know, He was a missionary to go teach God, and he's found a tribe that can't <laughs> even conceive of revelation. Right. So even today, there are people that have gotten left behind. So how do you explain that? Or how does a religious person explain that?
1: Yeah, well, in um, in Catholicism, those people are not allowed into heaven. They go to purgatory and stay there. They weren't wicked. If they weren't wicked people, they don't go to proper hell. They just go to a realm of hell that isn't punishment. Their punishment is that they're not with God. Um, Christians, I guess they just assume, or, you know, Protestants, I guess they probably just assume that those people go to hell. I mean, and and even within Catholicism, again, you know, uh, unbaptized children, they go to limbo, which is another subsection of purgatory, or I always assumed it was. Um, But yeah, I mean, it, it just seems like a like, a shitty deal. Like, you, you had no way to even conceive of some deity that didn't present itself to you in any way, shape, or form. And now you gotta be punished because of that. And
0: made you that way, and put yeah. you in that position. So, basically, he was calling the shots, or calling the end game before you You don't even have a chance. Yeah. He's already decided who goes and who stays and who does this and who does that, because here in the Western world, there's a church on every corner. It's handed to us on a silver platter but there are still places in the world where they have no idea and to no fault of their own and you're gonna I always I just don't see how somebody could like you know like keep that logic that this is real knowing that situation which is one of the great things about internet is it broke us out of our um, confinement of our immediate world and now we can explore the bigger world and from a confined space and I, i've said on this show several times that i think religion's biggest weapons have always been fear I- isolation and ignorance and oh, absolutely. internet killed all three of those and now we can and now we can talk to each other even like i've been on message boards with people in the middle east and they're you know it's it's, the religion is dying over there too, just like all around the world. Because now we can talk to each other, finally, and realize that something ain't right.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. B- because of the internet and 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 college also. I mean, just going and meeting different people that believe different things. You, if you get to know those people well enough, they kind of start to realize, like, oh, well, this is like kind of the similar shit that my parents said to me, and like I think we're seeing a lot more people become agnostic and atheist. Oh yeah because I mean, of the internet.
0: Like we're one of the very few industrial nations left that has over fifty percent uh theistic belief. Like most of the modern world, like I think the Nordics are probably ahead of the game up in like the eighties, ninety
1: percentile atheist. Well, they're ahead of the game in so <laughs> many different ways.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in a lot of ways, we could talk politics about the Nordics and <laughs> middle
1: class a
0: lot. But uh, yeah, I mean, even in Europe, it's declining. And even in the United States, it's on the decline. And I think it's because we finally got the chance to talk to each other and live outside of our immediate circles.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, people, when they talk about America, one of the things people are proud of with America, it's one of the things that I'm proud of to be an American for is that we are this like kind of cultural melting pot of the world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like a a crew. Yeah. I was going to say crucible, but yeah, the melting pot. I mean, people, same thing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but, um, it's a step towards what I would consider to be a good thing is globalization. Um, I know that's a hot topic, but, um, Well, not necessarily like imperialism, but just mixing. Yeah, but yeah, like where we're like we're making decisions as a planet, not as a yeah, right. This country or this country or this state versus this state. It's, and I mean, I think that that's the way we're gonna get humans off of this planet and to save this planet. Personally, but I know that we're not talking about those things right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: going back to the topic of philosophy versus science versus religion. There's a lot of criticism in science about religion and philosophy. I mean, it's, I think we're all pretty aware of the stake that science is trying to drive through the heart of religion, but who was it? Uh, Stephen Hawking said in his book that he even thinks philosophy is dead as well. Do you think that science really is a better method ...than religion and philosophy?
1: I guess to put it in certain terms, like, re- science is my religion. Um, philosophy is a way to answer some questions that science can't. Like, because where in science it does it say that... I- I'm trying to think of a decent way to... Okay. Like, well, get your rocks off. Well, sure. I, I mean, actually, I was going to say, like, you know, with chickens, reproduction is exclusively rape. I mean, roosters rape the hens. They, I mean, i've I've had chickens myself. I've seen it every day <laughs> that I had those chickens. That it was just, I mean, horrible to witness. I mean, like, concerning, really, and
0: or like bears eating young cubs just to breed again, or sure. Just...
1: It's, I mean, monstrous <laughs> things. Teeth but, and claw of nature. Okay. But humans, we're like, no, that's, that's wrong. We can't do that to other humans. Well, I mean, I'm not advocating it, but why can't we? I mean, it, it's a philosophical question. Science says it is okay for reproductive purposes. But, you know, chickens, they're not worried about, like, oh, where are the hens' rights? <laughs> I mean, maybe they should be, but... Wouldn't that be an argument
0: from incredulity? Incondru-
1: I've never even... Uh, An argument
0: from ignorance?
1: like, uh, Oh, so like because the chicken isn't aware that it's... No, like
0: you're saying science can't.
1: How
0: can you say it can? It might.
1: Well, I mean... Just because we
0: don't know yet. But
1: but but our ethics, is morality a scientific question? Is morality even real? I mean, yeah. But I would argue that that is a philosophical question, not a scientific one.
0: That's what I'm saying. That could be an argument from ignorance we may not have answered it yet in but it may be a possibility with neuroscience too. If oh, we sure. unlock the brain a little bit more <laughs> and understand more about it, sure, well, I could. we could probably figure out what makes
1: you tick. Our perception of ethics is, it, it does have a physical process to it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean like, people that, um, I, I was, I, I don't, I watched a 15-20 minute video on YouTube about um, a study where people were um, trying to figure out what what is a left person's um, brain doing versus a and not, not the left side of the brain, but like a leftist person versus a right person. So liberal versus conservative. How are their brains different? And they found that basically their brains were fucking different. Like, I don't remember what they said about the liberals' brains so much, um, but with the right, those people had a uh, larger than average amygdalas, and or amygdala, and the amygdala in our brain is associated with fear. And so, conservatives fear things, and it may not, you know, well, manifest there you in that way, yeah. but...
0: I mean, there you go. Yeah. Science has figured out why you fear. Yeah. So I- well, could it definitely get to the that point
1: But is it bigger because they fear, <clears throat> or is it big and then because of that they fear? Um, like I said, that's a answer we don't know. But could science answer that? Sure. I mean, yeah. I guess so. I mean, because it is it, trying to.
0: Yeah. So, uh...
1: so are science and philosophy the same? They definitely. You know, it, it's like the multiverse theory. Like. There's, like, some blurring there.
0: I, I definitely got a negative uh, view of philosophy. Hmm. Um, and I think it's, it's, like, an adolescent version of our attempt at science. <clears throat> it's, so to speak, in a way, because science definitely came before philosophy and religion, because science is just the observation of the natural world. So when the first human viewed the world and manipulated it, that was science. Because by the time philosophy got here, we had civilizations, construction, food, clothing, shelter,
1: uh, weapons. In that sense, so 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 you're saying you view philosophy as the separate thing, or or what you said, yeah, it's like a dumber version, like a light version. Yeah,
0: but I'm saying it's a light version. But I'm also saying science. You know, because a lot of people I talk to about this say that philosophy gave birth to science. And my argument is, no, the first Neanderthal that grabbed a rock to smash a clamshell was a scientist. Because that is science, is the observation and manipulation of the natural world. Now, as far as a school of thought, yeah, maybe. But no, science is a human attribute that was in us from the beginning
1: but what about when we started thinking about okay what is wrong for a society to do
0: what, like what, well, what what is point? wrong you know uh, that's what i think yeah. okay here's you probably don't like it but here's my view on philosophy i think it's pseudo-intellectual mental masturbation of a bunch of corks different assholes hmm. i think it's a hypothetical at best And it's definitely subjective. So if something is subjective, then it has no bearing on the natural world. It's your own personal Jesus again.
1: Hmm. But, is it, is it, okay. So you have this kind of, like, Nietzschean way of looking at it, where it's like, it doesn't actually matter. It's not, like ethics and morality are human constructs. Or, well, oh, at least as far as we understand them. So you don't are. think there's a universal wrong? No. Like, murdering someone. Mm-hmm. You don't think that's wrong?
0: Well, what about the trope of murdering one to save a thousand? Wouldn't that be ethically moral? So to speak? Quote, well, yeah, unquote. because it's a
1: greater good issue. Yeah, so murder is not a
0: cut-and-dry thing.
1: Sure, but what about, like, Okay, so this is like intent versus, you know, action maybe, like, or result. Like, the intent to murder someone, like, it's, I mean, it's, it's, why was it? Like, what was the intent? Like, if you're murdering someone to save thousands or millions or whatever, you can argue that. But what about, I mean, I got an Amber alert earlier. I did too. That said... The that, two
0: girls with a uh, homicide or something. Yeah there, was, yeah, there was a
1: homicide. and Two girls were abducted. Yeah, like that. That that doesn't sound like there was probably anything good going on in there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, maybe we don't know, but like, I don't I, like. It, it's hard for me to say that it's there isn't some. I understand what you're saying. Like, there is a universe. Like, God doesn't exist. So how can there be some universal code of living? I'm saying well, even with
0: God. Because if it's authoritarian, it's just rules. He could, if he has the power to change a moral absolute, then it was never a moral absolute. It was just an order. Like, for instance, in the Bible, thou shalt not kill. And in the same breath, go fucking kill the Canaanites.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> well, that but that also has some translation issues. Oh, a lot of so translation issues I mean, like, in
0: what we got as the bot which is another problem is that we don't have any originals and it was translated and you know how can you get we haven't nailed down validity let alone have the time to discuss policy
1: sure um yeah mor- morality i don't know uh I... there are is is there this concept of order versus chaos i mean is that is that something that can lead to some kind of morality that is not subjective like is can morality be objective oh it
0: depends if we're having a conversation about a particular goal it can contain objective variables but overall, yeah, but 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 but, that, no, but, it's, but, but it's a subjective, it's a subjective goal, right?
1: That's interesting because black holes seem to point at some kind of chaotic factor within the universe, even though, like, so does rain dripping down a window. Oh, well. Are you saying that it's because the the drip is abstract, or not abstract, but arbitrary, or it's, like, is that chaos? I mean, it seems like that's order. There's physics to it. where the physics come from?
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean it game, goes into, like, chaos theory, not to, like, bring up some Jurassic Park shit or nothing, but I mean, if it's following natural order, uh, can you put morality on natural order? Yeah, I don't know. Can you? I don't think so. Natural order,
1: but what, I don't about, think but is what a... about in like a society?
0: Well, that's when we have to decide on our subjective goal, which would contain objective variables. But once once again, like we
1: said, it's a subjective goal. Well, this is that I mean, this is particularly insightful to me because it's something I've wondered for a long time: is are there objective is there an objective morality? And, I mean, from what you're saying... Yeah. I, I, I would have to look into it from another perspective. Well, it's like you said but, earlier.
0: I mean, the objective goal is us. and you're, Out of all the billions of planets, are we special enough to have
1: an answer to... But is... And a, a morality. But is something also, like, morally wrong on their planet? Like, is... You know, murdering children. Like, is that wrong everywhere? But you're saying it would be because all those societies deemed that it was wrong. Yeah. Not that it was actually wrong. Then, what's to stop us from doing it.
0: That could go back to our brain. You know, we are a tribal animal. A societal animal. And most societal animals do get along. Rogue ones do not. Yeah. So it could just be leftover tribalism.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, because, I mean, as primates, we do seek some kind of social order. There is some kind of hierarchy, and that's what we're—that's where we find comfort. You see it, when, and it's not
0: always comforting. But
1: well, tribalism but, could but, be but bad. The security is. Like the, the illusion security of security is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, because you could be this thing that, that is the thing that they say is wrong.
0: Yeah, like now, I mean, we feel protected by our military, but, you know, Vietnam, we know the atrocities that we've done. Iraq, we know it was a false flag. And we just seem to have forgotten about that. I mean, take that for an example. Was it Obama or Trump that bombed that seven-year-old girl? Trump. Okay. A seven year old girl gets killed in a drone strike, but some bad terrorists were collateral damage. Was that moral? Uh, Is that moral? One girl died for a thousand?
1: Well, but was it a thousand? I mean, we don't know. I don't know.
0: I mean, that could have been the next 9 11 pilot wannabes.
1: Yeah. Could have been.
0: Or the next Paris shooting.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean,. You do, you do find that like philosophical conundrum in politics for sure, especially during like a war scenario. Um, Vladimir Lenin was absolutely a guy that said the ends justify the means. He he killed or had killed um, an entire royal family, not just Nicholas II, not just his wife, not just you know, their kid, their like, I mean, it was all their kids. Like we, I I don't know about you guys, but I saw that movie Anastasia when I was a kid. I I remember it, but I never watched it. And I thought it was, I mean, I thought it was like, oh, that's awesome. Like this princess could just be out there. She wasn't, she was dead, but (laughs) she'd been dead the whole time. (laughs) But Vladimir Lenin killed off the royal family. So it was impossible for them to come back. They could not, they were gone. But, you know, he, he got past it. He he said it was for the greater good. Our people are in a better position now.
0: Yeah, I mean, killing somebody in position of power world. is
1: usually a great trope of the
0: Save a Thousand, but yeah, let's get really deep with it. Let's say the Nazis won, and they were revered today as heroes because that would have been the world we grew up in. There's even movies about if they had won. Yeah, sure. There's that Philip K. Dick... Um, Man of the High Castle. Is that what mm. it was? I don't recall. I know. There are some works
1: out there about, about if they history.
0: had you know alternative history kind of. Yeah. They or would be America heroes.
1: like a Nazi.
0: Yeah. Or Nazi, even yeah. in religion, if Islam is right, every suicide bomber ever is right for what they've done. They've done the right thing. They're heroes.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't want to deal with 72 virgins there.
0: <laughs> no? I want some sluts. Yeah. Some practice in,
1: yeah, that's right. Um, or like uh,
0: <laughs> Robin Williams said, it was 72 Virginians, you asshole. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah,
0: so <laughs> yeah, there we go. I mean, yeah, I could think of a thousand reasons why murder would work.
1: So, should we do it? I don't want to do it. So, even though you see philosophy as this like weird stepchild of um, science is it not worth considering? Is social order not... Or is social moral... um, Moral, is it not worth...
0: Well, that's the thing. I mean, like I said, philosophy is, is... like Mental masturbation is completely subjective. It's your own personal Jesus. So how does it have any bearing on reality when my philosophy and your philosophy can be different?
1: Yeah, but, I mean, there's things that we can agree on with philosophy. Like, let's say it's not okay to steal... Like money from people. I mean, I understand that there's times where stealing money can be seen as a good thing, but you're ultimately doing something against somebody else.
0: Like I said, there's a loophole. It's not always, but can, can we not call it a scientific experiment? Like, if we do steal, what are the consequences? But like, even
1: then, like, those are subjectively chosen. Well, it depends. I mean, if I, mean, I, if I say I steal from you, you for it. in some countries you just have to pay a fine. I mean, it definitely works out for the thief, but
0: I don't know. That's weird because, I don't know, It it's completely, our morals are
1: subjective. <clears throat> definitely want something worth thinking. So like about. I said, sure.
0: that would be the period on philosophy is it never can get past the hypothetical.
1: But, but is it supposed to? In all cases.
0: Uh, if it's going to have any bearing on the natural world then yes, it needs a period.
1: But it's also, I don't know that it's trying to, I mean, it it's ultimately trying to decipher some of the same questions as science. Like, what is... But it can't. But it's trying to. And science, all it can't always. I mean,
0: can you hypothetically... Because,
1: because and... something can be scientifically explained doesn't mean, like, we don't have the current science necessary to understand certain
0: universal truths. And that's what goes back to my uh, argument from incondruity. Saying it can't and saying it, it can never be an argument from ignorance. Once upon a time we couldn't use a cell phone.
1: Yeah. So at some point you could answer scientifically why murder is wrong. Maybe. Or maybe never. But the potential that it could be. Oh, wrong. You said
0: wrong. I don't know because like that's a subjective thing. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Oh, why people right. murder is probably a more scientific question.
1: Oh, why are people murder? Absolutely. Uh, or I mean, how? Or, yeah. What's going on? factors. Yeah. I mean, brain, I mean, neuroscience answers a lot of that.
0: Yeah. All right. We got pretty good with like you know CTE and tumors and mm-hmm. nurture and nature. But, yeah, I I agree. I think philosophy has been killed off by the fact that we can have results from science. And I think religion is uh, the redheaded stepchild of philosophy.
2: Hmm. Okay.
1: So philosophy as a bastardization of science. I wonder what Brian would say about that. Ugh. He'd lose his he'd pop his line. Oh, I think we that discussion on Facebook
0: about that. I told him I thought it was bullshit. philosophy was bullshit. But uh Yeah, I mean it, it really just seems like but mental I mean, masturbation whole, but does philosophy
1: and... not lead to certain scientific understandings? Or not understandings but even ponderance. Like I mean what was science well, I mean, the problem called with ponderance is two three hundred leading years the... ago what was science called? Natural philosophy. Well, yeah, but... Philosophy's the older word, at least. Wizard
0: was called wisdom at one time, but... Yeah? I and mean, Come on. Semantics. I think we need uh, definitions, not words.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm going to have to think on it more.
0: I'd love to get a part two. Of... Later on down the
1: road. Yeah.
0: Let you think about it, ponder a minute. I'll think about what you said. Um,
1: well, it's just, it, I've never really thought of it before as like. Well, first of all, I think teaching
0: be... or making people, well, maybe not. I mean, it's their money. But as far as teaching philosophy and stuff and higher learning, I think it was either you and me, Drew, or Matt and I, that were talking about how fluffed up college schedules were. You and I talked about that, and that seems like one, but at the same time, people are 18. They can do what they want with their money, but there's, yeah, I think it's definitely a a cash grab situation, because, like, once again, like Drew and I were talking about, you know, some people say they grow their wings in college. Like, I think you just said you met a professor that made you grow your wings. Yeah. Drew, I don't know if you listened to the podcast, where Drew said the military is what gave him his wings and his insight and me uh music and metal gave him my insight so can we really call it those things or is it just life growing up maturing because the human brain really ain't even developed until fully developed until 25 anyway so can we call it maturity or circumstance yeah
1: <clears throat> i mean at what point at what point does the influence become its own separate thing? Like, where is, where does the influence end and you begin?
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I would say that we met on a road that we started out on different roads on. Yeah, that's true.
1: Definitely. We're still trying to piece together a lot of the shit you're saying. <laughs> <'Cause it's> like, <laughs> I, I mean, like, it's interesting. Well, it's I, I've never thought about it before. Um, I'm gonna have to stand up.
0: Oh, go for it. You can move that mic stand or whatever. <sighs> Which one do you think will get snuffed out first? Well, I, I highly doubt slides gonna get snuffed out anytime soon. But between philosophy and religion, which one do you think would get abandoned first?
1: You can take a I think religion will lose out first. I do
0: too, because it makes too many absolutes that can be proven or falsified. Yeah. I mean, the dogma pretty much.
1: Yeah, yeah. Philosophy doesn't have that. It's no. more abstract. Religion, there you go. Religion you just said like it.
0: This. It's abstract.
1: It is because it can it can be applied to so many different situations, and you mm-hmm. know, religion just tries to answer those things further. And I mean, science and religion are the most parallel. Oh, definitely. And that they they. They have the most in common, and they also have the mo- the the biggest difference. Yeah, the biggest polar opposites. <clears throat> philosophy, you see it kind of in both of them. Um, well, I do at least. Well, like you were saying about philosophy being a part
0: of science, that's one of the biggest problems. Is in philosophy, you're pondering. That means you're leading the evidence, not following it, and that's dangerous.
1: Yeah, it can be. That's you pretty see, much one to but wish you see something that in science too. Yeah, you see people advantage. that are like, "All right, well, this is what I think." Like people who are studying, like M theory, string theory. They'll say, "Okay, well, there's these. I'm pretty sure that there's these different universes where we exist in them, but there's slight differences." I don't know that I agree with that or disagree with that. I think it's a neat idea, but I can see, I can see how it could be a thing. But um, you see how that is leading the evidence. It so is. It, it could yeah. totally be wrong. You're, you're you're looking specifically for answers to that question, and you're you're not. You're like, all right, well, this thing is damning to my evidence, so I got to push that aside. Got to flick that away. And that, I mean, that's a religious thing.
0: Like a religious if, thing. How?
1: Because it, it it requires faith. Okay. And science... You don't need to have that kind of faith in science.
0: Yeah, I never really thought about it like that. But, you know, use of philosophy in science is faith. When you're leading the evidence, you're hoping for something
1: you it's not evidently true.
0: That, that's but, pretty good.
1: But you're also... That's the only way you can create a hypothesis in the first place. Is you're saying... I think this is the thing. I think this is what I what this is.
0: Well, no, I mean there had to have been something evidently there to lead you to that, or else we can just say. You know, my hypothesis is that magic pixies are in the garden.
2: Yeah. I so mean, you, you have make, to have you can, a, you can make you have the a, hypothesis have evidential square one. Hmm.
1: But there's things that are so grand that they they were originally constructed as. Some kind of potential like there was no way for bruno to perceive that space was this infinite thing and like there were other planets out there he just thought that he assumed Mm it and he ended up being correct but how many people were wrong yeah there were tons exactly um i mean that's like the
0: that's the blind squirrel analogy
1: I'm not guessing. A blind sure, squirrel but...
0: will eventually find a oh, nut. Well, yeah, a sure. broken clock's right twice a day. Yeah.
1: yeah. Luck. It was luck. Luck that he was correct in it. Yeah. But he still thought it. Like he still wondered about it. Yeah, he
0: wondered, but some sparked um, and, that and, wonderment. And, and he too. was
1: using scientific understandings or, um, conclusions based on other the evidential square one but he still lucked out on the conclusion
0: because he was leading the evidence it just happened to be right instead of following the evidence and let it show you but if you
1: only follow the evidence there are avenues that you can't not that you can't but that you wouldn't find otherwise I feel like because it's, it's innovation I mean, there's there's building on something new and then there's building on something that's already been done. So we could eventually have figured out that there were subatomic particles because of studying things in whatever way. But <clears throat> I, I don't know if that's a good analogy for this, but I just feel like by making the assumption or wondering about it. I, I feel like it could lead to things quicker or more quickly.
0: you the know. wrong answer?
1: Absolutely. Quicker, but but no, understanding, that, understanding that something is wrong is still valuable. I know that this is wrong now. This thing it was not correct and there's no reason to keep searching. You have to have an open mind, for sure. Because some people will make those assumptions and they'll follow them for the rest of their lives even though all evidence suggests otherwise. That's wrong. That's not scientific. They're saying
0: like maybe call it imagination?
1: Yeah, and chasing that dream. Sometimes they can, like you said, they can look out and they can be right. But whenever all evidence is suggesting otherwise, I think that is worth at least thinking about. Because you can be wrong. Being wrong isn't like, there's nothing wrong with being wrong. (laughs) You know what I mean?
0: (laughs) But I mean, if the steps of the system can lead to different conclusions, then by definition,
1: it's not useful. But are some of those, are are some of the things, some of those conclusions, are they easier to get to? Like, if you find multiple solutions to the same problem, but one of them is like a point A to point B, but one of them is a point A to B to C to D to E, you know what I mean? Like, you can, you can find all these answers to these questions, but you can also find quicker solutions. You can find, or better solutions even. Um, because quicker doesn't necessarily mean better. Um, yeah. I don't know. I kind of lost the words for right now.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, can you give an example of something, philosophy has contributed to the growth of society? Like, if I was saying, give me an example of science, I'm like, here, a podcast, microphones, computer, interface, lights. Have they ever built anything? I mean, has it ever created anything?
1: I mean... Or is it even supposed to? Well, but, I mean, but you would... My examples you would attribute to being scientific like um oh. determinations and well, I don't know, like the building of a society, like going from um let's say hunter and gatherers they i mean like i mean it to me, it seems enmeshed, science and philosophy, they were like this is bullshit. We have to keep running around and every once in a while we'll find a fucking mushroom that we can eat and it's okay but sometimes we can't eat those mushrooms because they fucking kill us. <laughs> like, they have to think like, what's wrong here? I mean, yeah, that's more sciencey, but then they, once they started collecting the animals and collecting the food and growing the food themselves, they had time to figure out, okay, now we need to stop Leonard from Raping all these people, we got to stop that from happening because it's making us mad, and we have a bunch of little tiny Leonard's running around, and that's not okay because they're gonna keep doing that shit. So we got to put a stop to that. Well, they maybe they saw some scientific issue where uh, Leonard kills people when he does that. Yeah. Now like, we
0: don't have anybody to tend to the animals.
1: Right. So we got to have some. We have to establish some kind of order to this. And even though you can make the the argument that science it, it it's a scientific reason that we need to have order, I agree with that because it's productive. Otherwise it would be counterproductive. But I would say that it was philosophy that led to that conclusion. They were like, this isn't working for these reasons. And we need to try to not do that. Well, wouldn't that just be an experiment? And see, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you are seeing that as like this, as as a scientific thing. I think you are. Uh. I think you are blending philosophy with science, and you're just saying philosophy, like it's a lesser synonym. And I understand. So semantics. That. Is... Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it is a semantics argument. I th- I see personally philosophy and science being the same thing. I think they are. Sorry, that's not like a mouth slide off. Um, I think they are the same thing. But I do agree with you on a lot of like what you're saying for sure. I mean, it all is just science is the thing that's going to answer it all. Science has like tangible logical structure to it. Where philosophy, like you pointed out earlier, and I mean, I I said it, but you pointed it out, that it is abstract. It is intangible. You can't say this. This philosophical, you know, reach into the ether, like, here's this little nugget of truth. You can get it with science. You can say, well, there's why. That part of the brain does this weird shit. Because of that. Cause and effect. Yeah, yeah because of that, people are alcoholics or whatever.
0: Yeah, alcoholic gene uh uh, uh psycho killer or serial
1: killers? Lot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's there is always <clears throat> So, if we had, let's say physical answers. killers.
0: If we attack yeah. that from a philosophical perspective, we're saying that you know, we're not taking into account the natural processes that went into that. So, we would end up with a system where we got today where we just lock people up, throw away the key, and not do anything about it. Because philosophically, it was just, this is what's wrong. It was a grab out of the air, like you said earlier.
1: But, I mean, but, but even with treatment, can... like you get a guy that's this serial killer. I mean, you give him treatment. Instead of, instead of prison, he goes to some kind of treatment center where they teach him, okay, look, it's wrong to... To dismember people while they're, you know, conscious but they can't move.
0: I mean, why would you explain reality to somebody with a,
1: uh, a brain issue? What's the point of that? Okay, well then you can poke it with a with some kind of electrified <laughs> steel yeah. chisel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, bring back give them a lobotomy, and then yeah, you can try to correct the issue. But it you is know that an was issue. real. What lobotomies? Oh yeah, Uh, the Kennedys. Their sister, one of their sisters, had a lobotomy.
0: No shit. I was a uh, a CO officer or
1: a prison guard. Yeah. And we had to take
0: a class on uh, mental health because a lot of inmates are people that were released from state hospitals and put on the street, and they end up in the prison. Yep. And they told us, you know, state hospitals really did close because of electroshock, uh, lobotomies sexual abuse, uh, medical malpractice, and mad scientist types. Yeah. like That was a real thing, even here in Arkansas.
1: They were Look, telling us. You should watch the documentary, uh, Tenacut Follies. As far as I know, it's free on YouTube. But it's about the treatment of um, mental patients during the, I guess, the 40s and the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm, 60s, <clears throat> 70s.
0: Yeah, actually... I went to the academy in England, Arkansas. To get to England, you have to go through a town called Tucker. There's two units in Tucker. There's the Tucker unit and the boot camp unit. Tucker unit actually has the Arkansas Department of Corrections museum. They actually have all the torture devices and the last electric chair used in Arkansas, all that's up there. And they wow. told they had like for real crank old school crank phones that they would Charge to your balls and crank it up and torture you. It's horrible. <clears throat> I wanted to go see it. I never stopped to go see it, but that'd, that'd be something to see.
1: Well, it's not too far away, is it?
0: No, uh, it took me about two hours to get to England from here. Yeah. So Tucker's probably an hour, 30 minutes. It's like right past Pine Bluff. Okay. When you get in Pine Bluff and left to go to Little Rock, and then you go straight in the paper mill straight, you go down there a little way, take that left across the field, and then take a right and go down there a little ways, and you can take another left and get on some back roads, and that takes you through Tucker and on to England. So, yeah, it ain't far from here.
1: That's crazy. That made me think of that um place over near McGee, where they had that Japanese concentration camp, or internment camp. In McGee? Yeah, right outside of McGee. They're in the 40s? Uh, Yeah. That, uh, yeah, that, uh, there were two of them, there yeah, one, And they're actually they were both around McGee.
0: I didn't know that, yeah. I know Carlin had a bit once again talking about Carlin, he was talking about the uh American uh Asian concentration camps in uh, the 40s.
1: Um, George Takei, he was uh, uh, Sulu in the original Star Trek series. Um, anyway, he, Japanese American. He went to one of those internment camps. Wow. Well, I, I don't remember if it was one of the ones in Arkansas, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I've been to it. It's, I mean, all that you would see on your way to McGee is this like a big concrete. I mean, it's ultimately it's like a drum, but, um, but this giant concrete like structure and a chimney with like some vines growing on it that's kind of just in the middle of a field this old steam chimney wow. i
0: never knew we had one that close yeah i knew about the camps but i didn't know this, it was right down the road oh um, that's crazy
1: the descendant of one of the people that was interred there um he owns that place now he, wow yeah so a guy whose grandfather was at that place owns it now but that's pretty cool yeah so I mean, it's
0: it's like a Jewish person buying Auschwitz.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of weird, but it's... I mean, they claimed it, you know? That is pretty cool.
0: Well, not cool. Kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, kind of Not cool. cool that it happened, but it's cool right. that they made something of it. Right. That's wild. Because there's really not many
1: Asians around in these parts. No, not really. Maybe. That's why. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't blame them, for sure. as, soon as
0: they got out, get far away. Yep. Hey, you got got some music or talk about yeah I don't know. much into politics or
1: yeah I mean
0: yeah but that's probably a, another three hours or something absolutely okay we can skip on that one
1: culture how long have we been going
0: ninety minutes and twenty seconds
1: wow doesn't feel like it's been that long.
0: No, it flies. <clears throat> I done one. Actually, it was with this guy. We were over three hours, and it <clears throat> like nothing. Yeah. Would you be willing to change your mind
1: about philosophy? Absolutely. Um. But yeah, I I do think it would have to be an update to my to the semantics argument, my definition of yeah, what is science and what is philosophy. But right now it's just like I see I see I see philosophy as the way to answer the abstract and science is the way to to answer
0: the absolute the absolute, sure. Actually I wouldn't call it the absolute because science doesn't make a declaration, it just makes a report. There's a fundamental difference between those two.
1: But is the hypothesis not a declaration in itself? they uh, saying this is what I expect to find when I do this experiment.
0: No, oh, this is what I found.
1: That's not necessarily how it. But the, but the it hypothesis is. is the question. The experiment is the answer. Well, it well the experiment is the, the
0: experiment. The conclusion is just, like I said, the report. Right. It's not a declaration. It's just
1: the report.
0: But, that, but that's different than the hypothesis. <laughs> well, no, the
1: hypothesis is the question. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Like, is the question not some kind of you see what I'm saying?
0: What an absolute?
1: No. Um, it, the, the question itself has an intangibility to it because you haven't done the experiment yet. You're saying this is what I think. And it can even be based on evidence like you were saying. But it's still a question of I don't know if this is the case. And then the experiment proves it. And then, or well, you know, the experiment occurs and the conclusion is the proof. But yeah, I mean, what you said about, I've already said this a million times, but <clears throat> what you said about um, science, like basically philosophy is, could be answered by science. That is really interesting. I'm possible. I,
0: I not a guarantee, but possible.
1: I, I would I definitely need to think about that some more. And and we could definitely do a part two on that. <laughs> or if we do a part two, that would be something I would love to discuss further. Alright. Um it's a date. Oh. Weep, weep. First one I've had in a long time. Same. <sighs> Gay at all? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: Only on Tuesdays. Ugh. Second Tuesday of every week.
1: Second Tuesday of every week. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's so much we could discuss. Like. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> How about them Razorbacks?
2: <laughs> How
0: about that foosball?
1: Man, I haven't played the foosball one. Y'all can have another, like, Many 3 hours. Hour conversation about music as well, dude. Probably. I'm about to say that one for one on its own. Man, I was having a conversation about music before I came over here. Um, like, I have a pretty, pretty vast knowledge of, um, like, music subculture, and like genre and subgenre study, and stuff like that, and anyway, my roommate and I were discussing that right before I left, and I was like, I can't continue the conversation. (laughs) I'll be here for two, three more hours.
0: Mm. Well, I mean, want to tackle indoctrination?
1: We absolutely can. Go for that one. That shouldn't be too long. All right. So when um my mom and I've already said that she's a very religious woman. Um sometimes she would do um Wednesday night um kid wrangling. <laughs> like, okay. She would she would go to the church on Wednesdays and basically she would take care of the 5 and 6 year old class, but it was it was actually like 3 to 6. So little kids and she would call me and be like, Hey, can you come up here and help out? Like I just need someone else here, you know, in case like I have to take somebody to do something or whatever, I need another person. So I'd go up there and the this room had a, a mural on the wall and it said something along the lines of God is real and I know it's true or God is real. It it had some kind of like rhyme scheme to it but basically god's real because the bible says it's true and i was like you can't put that on a fucking wall for kids to read like these kids are learning to read and that's the thing they're reading circular
0: argument 101
1: yeah like this this thing that you're telling me is real is only real because this book says it is i mean it's it it's bullshit Like it does not allow for the kid to have any kind of creative control over who they become. It's like this is what a Christian is. You know, Southern Baptists don't drink. Fucking plenty of Southern Baptists drink, by the way. (laughs)
2: Oh
0: yeah, but and they dance too. Ooh,
1: yep. But indoctrination's wrong. It to me. I mean, obviously that's my philosophical bend, but. Mm -hmm. Um, you're not letting someone come to their own conclusions. And I think that is absolutely necessary in a person becoming a healthy, comfortable with who they are individual.
0: Well, yeah, that's one of the arguments for dropping religion is that kind of mode of thinking is going to affect you down life or uh, the road of life when you start making, you know, I don't really know how to say it, like, unjustified uh, statements and ideas. Like, your indoctrination is part of your core being, and you're going to manifest that in reality by your decision-making. Yeah. there's a, a big argument from the religious is, oh, how is my personal beliefs affecting you at all? Well, I mean, we live in a society. Your, your beliefs are going to affect your decisions, and your decisions are not based in reality.
1: It's right? the argument that people were making about... Um... What's her name? Um, the the current um Supreme Court justice. Okay. That's being yeah, I'll remember her name either one with you. What's her, It's like Barnett or. Oh, uh,
0: the Supreme Court. Um. Amy Barrett. Uh. Yeah. i <laughs> Amy
1: Barrett something. Yeah, yeah, Barrett. That's what I was trying to remember though. But yeah, her. You know. People say that some of her views are kind of extreme, and I mean, I would definitely say that because, like, I believe in pro I I am a pro-choice person, and she's not. Her religious beliefs dictate that killing children's wrong, or is wrong. You know, what I mean, yeah, I, I I think most people would agree it's wrong to kill children, but you know, we were saying. It is kind of semantics. Like, at what point is a child? Mm -hmm. You know, and I I don't think it is one until, you know, at least it could exist on its own outside of the womb, personally. But some people think it's, like, the moment they're conceived. And, yeah, I mean, their, their religious beliefs are saying, well, that's wrong. So, I want to see that in my politics.
0: And if they go against it, then they're against their convictions. And so, why have the religion anyway? Yeah. You're creating a world outside of what you're ordered to create. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a dilemma for them. Uh, yeah. Uh, who was it? I want to say it might have been Christopher Hitchens again that said, uh, if we weren't allowed to teach religious doctrine until the age of reason, we'd be living in a different world. Because if somebody waited till you were 30 to drop the Bible on you, you would... You I mean, you specifically, I'm asking you, if somebody dropped the Bible oh. on you for the first
1: time at 30 years old... Yeah, I would be like, what, is what the fuck is this? <laughs> I mean, I would. I would probably mostly read it as a folklore book and a history text. For the most part. I mean, there is some shit in the Bible that did factually occur. Like, those, pe- some of those people were real people. But but is it something that I should live my life on? Is this book that was mostly oral tradition for thousands of years. We're this... like 70. Huh?
0: Are we talking about New Testament or Old Testament? I'm talking about the Bible in general, uh, New Testament, I think the earliest book was Mark, written in the sixties or seventies eighty
1: yeah, and uh but I mean we're talking know, Old Testament,
0: you know, you're going back six thousand years so. right yeah
1: but but my thing is that it was it was this book that was compiled over a very long time, and it deifies a person that I know if it's Jesus but he was just some guy living kinda in the desert and like during the fucking Iron Age like those people didn't know about other planets those people didn't know that they didn't know about disease and viruses they didn't know about that shit
0: yeah I mean your average mil- middle schooler today has more knowledge than the what adults did.
1: did back then it, it wasn't that they were That's stupid crazy. they just didn't know yeah I mean it was, it was just in ignorant
0: an time just like a thousand years from now, people might look at us like we're,
1: we're retards, you
0: know? Yeah. We can't say that word no more.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean...
0: And plus, it was a game of telephone to begin with. Like I said, it was oral tradition for
1: uh, decades. So long. So fucking long.
0: So once again, it comes back to validity first before policy. And how do we validate? the? You, can, you can't
1: validate a text. Yeah, not really. I mean, you can compare it to other texts written around the same time. and say, All that
0: that would show is that they're in, you know, they show the same thing. But once again, how do you prove the validity of it actually happening? And just because two texts agree doesn't mean it actually happened. It just means two texts agree.
1: Yeah. If two people come out of a room and say, hey, there's a table floating in there, and both of them kept saying that table was floating. I mean, it seems to be true because two people said it happened, but it doesn't mean that it did. You're right. Yeah, it doesn't mean it did.
0: And plus, there's a there's a lot more wrong with the canonization of the Bible that would probably take another three hours oh, yeah. between, you know, the Council of the Bishops, no originals, contradictions between different eras of them. You know, the Codexes, the Dead Sea Scrolls, the uh, uh, King James Version. There's, yeah. there's a lot of differences. And plus, translation. I didn't realize... When I started, started studying French, I didn't know nothing about language. I'm over here like, okay, it's a one-for-one one, uh, wording. They just got different words for the same concept. No, it's a completely different concept in some aspects. I mean, we share some some stuff the same, but the context
1: of the idea is vastly different in some aspects. Do you mean like how there's words in French that don't translate over into English? Yeah, well,
0: not necessarily words, just concepts.
1: Yeah, you know? yeah, that is really interesting. I learned about that in uh, when I took Japanese in college, and it was like I was learning these words where I was like, "That doesn't exist in English, like at all." I'd always heard of that, and it was because of that metal band. Um, and I don't even know how to pronounce it correctly, but Demi Borger or Borger. Demi Borger, yeah. Um.
0: Or Demi Borger, yeah. The black metal band, yeah.
1: I'm yeah. And their their name basically translated roughly to dark forest, but it was specifically a forest in Scandinavian folklore that was one of the gates to hell. Did not know that. (laughs) So, it was like, it doesn't mean anything in English. And it doesn't, because, like, we don't have some weird forest. I mean, well, if you go back to the 1600s, the forest kind of represented the devil's last stand as far as America's concerned, but we didn't have a real... Um comparison right so th- that is really interesting to me, as far as like yeah, I mean there's just concerned. concepts
0: that are unique to a certain culture and a certain time of a yes. certain zeitgeist
1: yep, I've never seen that movie
0: don't <laughs> just don't well it's it's been debunked so hard, I mean so hard
1: I remember it was it caused quite a stir when it came out.
0: Yeah, well, I, I I fell for it. I'm sitting there like starting Facebook discussions and like, oh, look at this, it's like this and, the... but it like even atheist circles have ripped this that movie a new one. Complete propaganda. I mean, Whatever. educational reasons on bullshit. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Just like uh, what was that other claim? Caesar Messiah. You heard of that one? Mm-mm. That was a claim that... uh, Who was it? Josephus. The, the story in Josephus was kidnapped by Caesar, one of the Caesars. Hmm. And uh, they pretty much conjured up Christianity. Maybe. <laughs> I think that one was ripped part two. I don't know. That one got a little too deep for me. But back to indoctrination, uh, I was on a discussion with someone on Facebook years ago. We were discussing uh, how far Christianity has dropped in America. And when I finally backed him into a corner to admit it, his next uh, statement was, why would you want to take away something that makes people happy? And my response to him was, well, why would you instill that kind of handicap on somebody to where they're dependent? Um, what do you think about people that are basically, you know, it's like a drug dealer. They give you that taste, and then you have to keep coming back and keep coming back, and now you're dependent. Do you think we would be a stronger-minded society if we didn't give, you know, we went and told that we were, you know, pieces of shit that deserved hell and
1: absolutely broken and sinful? and Yeah, I mean... There's so much that we repress as members of a Christian society, like like something that I see a lot of is like sex shaming. Yeah, that's a big one, and it's because we are, um, like our Christian society, like is like you should only have sex with the person you're marrying, and you should only have, have sex once you're married, then
0: or abstinence only.
1: Yeah. Of sex ed.
0: Right. That's not preparing that's like And that's what that's what I had. That's like keeping somebody away from drugs and alcohol and then sending them off to college with no education on how to handle it and then they right. end up
1: going crazy. Yeah, and they end up doing all those drugs.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and because not that's... doing them right and getting in trouble. Yeah. Because not just off the wall or anything, but in trouble with their bodies.
1: I mean they even found that um, our studies found that uh programs like dare and abstinence only sex education increased the likelihood of people doing those drugs and having sex because telling a person that it's wrong and then not really saying why it makes them not believe you you're You're, you're like, the man now you're right fight the man, yep, oh
0: um, yeah, I think it's definitely better to uh, prepare kids for the world instead of this idea of what we got of shielding them from it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's the trope. The preacher's daughter, the sheriff's daughter, or the, the judge's son. You know, yeah. The ones that always have to walk this line, they end up being the biggest fuck-ups.
1: That's right. Um, but yeah, like... Basically... I see religion as being this thing that says. I'm trying to think of a way to to put this. How do I want to say this? From what I can tell, religion makes people feel guilty about things they shouldn't necessarily feel guilty about, but it also. Uh, blinds people to to the truth. Like, some people would rather not know. A happy lie? Yeah, a happy lie. Ignorance is bliss. There you go, yeah. Some people would rather not know. I'm not one of those people. Um, So, I'd have a surgery on my foot a few years ago. And the doctor was like, alright, you can lean back. And I was like, I'm not leaning back. I'm watching. He's like, dude, I'm about to cut your foot open. Like You don't want to see that. And I'm <laughs> like, no, I have to see it. Like, if I lean back, you know, they they pumped me full of local anesthetics where I could not feel my foot. I mean, when he said, you're going to feel some pressure, that was what I felt. Usually when doctors say that, you're like, eh, it's going to be painful. A
0: little Pitch coming.
1: But it wasn't. Like, it was just pressure. But I was watching him cut my foot open. You know? and. I felt better because of that. Knowing the truth of what was happening helped me out. Now, I don't know that most people would feel that way, but I don't know. I mean, I just had this conversation with my mother the other day where she said, well, what do you think happens when you die? I was like, I think I just cease to be. I think it's just over. I don't see why there'd be an afterlife. I doesn't make sense to me and she's like but isn't that isn't there something sad about that and i was like no i'm not gonna know to be upset about it i'm just gonna be gone and there's comfort in that to me the reality of it that things end and i'll no longer care i mean for a person that does suffer depression and bouts of mania on occasion where i can't control my own thoughts there's a comfort in that being over, that I don't have to deal with it when I die. Like, sure, like if I die and go to heaven, I'm still gonna be like, "Am I good enough?" <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll still be just some like fucking dude that's worrying all the time. I don't know, <laughs> and I don't know that that if that's the the way that conversations have going, but <laughs> it's where my brain went.
0: Well, that's the weird thing about hell and heaven is. Wouldn't that be a heaven and hell? Wouldn't that be subjective? Like, you know, the description of heaven is everybody's up there happy and kumbaya. That'd drive me fucking nuts. Yeah. After the first millennia of eternity. Yeah. It'd be fucking irritating. Yeah. And eternity in itself, to me, sounds like hell, no matter what it is. Like, heaven could be playboy mansion where you cannot overdose or get anybody pregnant and just go.
1: Even that would get old. Fast. I mean, I think you'd get tired of it after a couple months of it. Yeah, it probably would just take months, not years. It was like, oh, well, here's another thing. I mean, you another see, it's Larry's all
0: the time. You know, they're young and just starting to get rich. They go crazy. And then by the time they're 40, they're just played out. Yep. Because
2: the thrill is gone.
0: The thrill, the thrill is, is gone, gone away. away. Yeah, hell <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the want, it goes... Either way, you know, even if hell has the cooler people that that gets old and if heaven's bliss, that gets
1: old. Yep. So nothing seems to be there
0: is no bliss, yeah, in eternity.
1: Yeah. (coughs) The bliss is in non existence. Yeah. You no longer are, you no longer care.
0: And that's another good question is you say you're a warrior here. But, you know, according to the doctrine, you're perfect up there. Would you still be you or just a uh, avatar of you, not actually you? Yeah, uh, this is this is an argument that's been made in atheist circles that say, you know, well, this is the case. Actually, you know, my my family are mostly Christian and I'm not. So are they going to be happy and blissful in heaven while I'm in hell? So
2: yeah.
0: either their answer is yes, and heaven isn't blissful, or no, and that's not my family no more. That's yeah. somebody. That's something else. Because
1: they would care that you weren't. Yeah, better. I mean, yeah. yeah,
0: I mean, my mom. My mom's not going to jump around in clouds knowing I'm burning in hell, and if she is, that's not my mother.
1: Right. Well, then maybe ignorance is bliss. They are no longer aware of you.
0: Well, as so I say, if they are just ignorant and. Not aware, then that's not them anymore. That's something else. That may be their body and their image, but that is something else.
1: Yep. There's a Black Mirror episode in that somewhere. I feel like.
0: Probably. Registered.
1: <laughs> yeah. Copyright. <laughs> TM.
0: But there's also another argument. Let's say you're, you know, raped and murdered by somebody. You go on to heaven because you're a believer, and then that murderer, rapist, slash rapist you know, confesses and redeems before their death and now you have to spend eternity with the person that raped and killed you and sent you to heaven.
1: Yeah. Sounds, <laughs> like, sounds like hell to me.
0: Yeah, that would be, exactly, It's subjective, that would be your hell.
1: Yeah. So based on this paradox, it's like, man, heaven's bullshit.
0: And what if you're a sadist? Hell would be fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I get to burn myself for all eternity. burn my feet pour wax on me pierce my nipples get a pinhead come out there and stick fucking chain hooks in them they love it you know
1: that'd be terrifying fucking centibites (laughs) well I mean if you're
0: a sadist centibites are like your porn stars (laughs) yeah
1: they'd be like welcome to the club (laughs) welcome to the club motherfucker (laughs)
0: Yeah, there's this subjectiveness again, of what bliss would be.
1: Yep. It's it's just the whole one man's treasure, another man's treasure. Yeah, that's true. That whole argument.
0: All right, you want to call it there on part one?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that was pretty good.
0: Not bad. 116 minutes,
1: 34, 40 seconds. What is it?
0: 116 minutes and 45 seconds. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, y'all, we are out. Say peace. Thank you. Peace. (laughs) Throw one in there, Drew. What a
2: dude. Shut up, (laughs) Drew. Nobody cares.